Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Gregory completes his powerful series entitled Divine Recovery. Make sure to share with your friends and family this amazing revelation. Let's hear what God has for us today. We're talking about divine recovery. Inquire, pursue, overtake, and recover all, right? So what do you do when you're going along in life and things are going fine, you're being blessed, your family is healthy, your job, your career is prospering, then all of a sudden, it seems like the bottom just drops out. What do you do when the road you're on suddenly takes an unexpected turn and you find yourself in a place you never thought you'd be facing a situation you're not prepared in the natural to deal with? Well, we know that's exactly what happened to David. Let's read our opening text in 1 Samuel 31 through 4 so that when we get to the new part today, everyone will understand how we arrived there. Verses 1 through 4 says, now it happened. How many of y'all have ever been there? It's like, man, how did I end up? How did this happen, right? And I can remember even saying to myself at times, well, it's here now. I'm here now. What are we going to do? Anybody ever been there before, right? So now it happened. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. And had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone. But, of course, David and his men don't know that at this time. But they carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and all the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. They wailed and lamented and mourned with tears until they had no more power or capacity or force or ability or strength to weep. So in other words, they had cried so much and weeped so much, there was nothing left in them. Anybody ever been there before? Nothing left in them course we've talked about all of these things so life the word ziklag literally means a winding road so we know that life can throw us some curves at times and a lot of times it's not the things that we saw coming it's the things that we didn't see coming right that really throws us off so how did David handle that what did he do right so in first Samuel 30 verse 6 it says now David was greatly distressed And we understand that. He was pressed. It seemed like everything was coming in on him. He was vexed. For the people spoke of stoning him, the very people that God had called him to lead. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. And sometimes as the leader, I mean, you know, there's no one else around, right? All of us will find ourselves in a moment in life where you don't have anyone to turn to but God. And so David did something that is very powerful here. David... Uh, The scripture says he strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. See, it's personal to him, right? How many of you know it's not, you don't know who God is in your life until you go through something. I need a little bit better amen in that, right? You can say all the confessions you want to until you get hit in the mouth, right? You know, I heard a a boxer once say, you know, you all know I love boxing. Everybody's tough until they get hit in the mouth. Right? And then, see, when life happens, now we start realizing what we believe. And David took the position that I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord my God. 
And we learned that that word strengthen means to encourage. And we looked at all of the different ways that David did that. And then letter A, which gets us into our, our letter B, actually, which gets us into our, our points. David, so after you encourage yourself and you strengthen yourself, how I many know you've got to find out what God said about your situation? And the best person to tell you that is God. We have a tendency to run to everybody else and then run to God last. The first person you want to go to is God because God is really the only one that can give you the specific instructions about your situation. So, you got to find out what his will says about my situation. Somewhere in the word of God, it addresses what I'm specifically going through right now. And I've got to find out what it says and then let the spirit of God lead me. And so, that leads us to letter C. Then you've got to pursue, right? Once you've strengthened yourself and, and encouraged yourself, now you know what God's Word says about your situation. Now you've got to pursue. You've got to act on God's Word in faith. See, a lot of times we think that when we're believing God to do something for, from us, it exempts us from our own effort. And so what we're waiting on is something to fall out of the sky. But sometimes, folks, you've got to go get it. It's going to require some effort on your part. And as you're going to see today, it might require even some fight on your part. When's the last time you had a good fight? Raise your hand. When's the last time you, a year ago? How many of y'all say middle school? <laughs> High school. In the natural. When's the last, how many of y'all have never had a fight? That's a lot of people. So think about it. If you're not used to fighting in the natural, you might not be used to fighting in the spirit realm. So at some point, you've got to say to yourself, enough is enough. And see so what you got to say, your enemy is a bully. And the only way to stop a bully, you've got to stand up to him. So now, we looked at all of the ways that you can do that, pursue, act on God's word and faith, right? And that's where we left off on last week. And we're going to kind of pick up uh, here with number two. Number one from last week was, was really an excellent point. You may experience a setback as you act on God's word. And sometimes, I mean, you know, that's not a bad thing. Sometimes God is repositioning you, right, and stretching you back further so that he can launch you out beyond where your original target was, all right? So now let's pick up with number two today uh, from that point. Keep doing what he told you to do. Keep doing what he told you to do. So when you decide to act on God's word in faith, there will be challenges along the way. But you must be determined to keep doing what he told you to do. Remember, sometimes, like, if you're the leader, if you're head of a household, he may not tell everybody in the house. He may only tell you, just like he only told David. He didn't tell the 600 other men. He told David what to do, right? And you've got to have enough courage to know what God said, and I'm going to keep going regardless of whether or not anybody else believes in me. And let me tell you what I've learned. For a lot of people, they don't believe anyway until after you do it. Matter of fact, in my experience, it's actually been more of 
yeah, sure, you're going to sure. Yeah, you're going to pay cash. Yeah, sure, you all are going. It's been more of that than belief in. And then afterwards, everybody says, I knew all along. <laughs> Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you got to be okay with that. All right? So now, keep doing what he told you to do. James 1, chapter 1, verse 22, out of the New Living Testament says, but don't just listen to God's word or God's instruction. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, the Passion Translation reads this way. If you have a willing heart to let me help you, and if you will obey me, you will feast on the blessings of an abundant harvest. How many of y'all know it's, it makes no, it's, it's of no use to know what God said and then be unwilling to do what he said. Once I know what God said, then I have to have the courage to actually do it. Now, what I've learned, can I just be transparent for a moment? What I've learned, most of what he asked me to do, I can't do in and of myself. That's what makes him God, right? And you literally have to believe him and trust him every step of the way. I've learned that I don't get new instructions until I do the previous instructions that he told. So if you find yourself in a place where you seem like you're stuck and you don't know what to do, go back and do what he told you to do the last time. And what you'll see is it'll release more wisdom and instruction for the next step. Number three, interruptions may be divine opportunities as you go. Interruptions may be divine opportunities as you go. Let's go back to 1 Samuel. Let's read uh, verses 11 through 15 this time, chapter 30. I found this to be very interesting. And media department, let me help you here. I'm going to use two new scriptures, Proverbs 16, 7, the Passion Translation, and Matthew chapter 5, 44, the New King James Version. So if you could get those ready for me. When I call them, flip them up on the screen. 1 Samuel 30, 11 through 15 reads this way. Then they found an Egyptian in the field, and they brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate. And they let him drink water, and they gave him a piece of cake, a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, to whom do you belong, and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, Servant of an Amalekite. Let's stop right there. How I many of y'all, most of us, soon as we heard what gang he belonged to, and he from the other side, come on, somebody. How I many of y'all, right there, we knew the Amalekites did this to us, and this is an Amalekite. How I many of y'all, most of us in that moment getting ready to make this one guy pay? Can we just be honest in church? 
Come, come on, somebody broke into your house, stole everything, and took your wife and your kids, right? And you found one of them. I'm just trying to paint a little picture for you right now. I'm just trying to help you all understand. You're probably upset that you gave him something to eat. Can we just play this all the way out? Most of us would have said, give me the raisins and those figs back. <laughs> but not someone who understands that divine interventions can actually be God using your enemy to lead you to your recovery. Stay with me now. Stay with me. See, we so quick to write people off. I don't fool with them no more. But people change. People grow. You all want a little bit more of this? We'll dig into this story a little bit now. So then David said, what set you belong to? See, the way I grew up, you had to announce yourself. Whenever you went in somewhere, you had to say where you were from. Sad. Don't own the block. Don't own the street. Come on, somebody. Kev, you know what I'm talking about. You had to tell them what mile you lived on. So as soon as you come in, six miles, eight miles. See, you know. Right? And if you said nothing... So David says, where are you from? And he said, I'm a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite. Then the guy started spilling his guts. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion on the southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah and on the southern area of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. Stop right there. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You did what? You burned Ziklag with fire? Where my wife and my children and all my belongings were? How many of y'all know right there? What would we have done? Tell your neighbor what you would have done. Don't lie either. Don't talk about how to laid hands on them and prayed for them. Don't lie. Tell your neighbor what you would have done. Come on, type it in online. Be honest. What would you have done? Just put killed him. I'm just trying to help you see the story, right? Can you all see that moment right there? What would most of us have done? Prisoner of war, torture. He's getting ready to experience everything that I think he put my family through. And he said, we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, boy, look at the man of God. Can you take me down to this troop? So he says, swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me 
into the hands of my master and I'll take you down to this troop. Now, what you've got to understand is time is precious in a pursuit. So if David doesn't act properly here, he could have wasted a lot of time trying to get vengeance on somebody when God said, vengeance is mine, I will replay. So David has to keep following God's instructions all along the way, but he sees this intervention or this interruption as, an, as a divine appointment by God to actually lead him to the enemies for full recovery. So he stays calm and he says, oh, really? Here's the wisdom. He never gives up that we're from Ziklag. We're the group that they raided. He just said, can you take me to where they are? Yeah, you're getting ahead of me now. <laughs> See, he's waiting for the right moment. See, you don't want half recovery. You don't even want a quarter of the recovery. You want a full recovery. So David knows I'll spare this one to get all the rest of them. So when David and his men find this Egyptian, instead of ignoring him or killing him, right, because they're so intent on their task, they bring him into the camp, they provide him with food and water. See, they are not so busy that they forget God's commands concerning love and hospitality. Go with me, put Proverbs 16, 7. This is not in your notes if you want to write it. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Proverbs 16, 7 says, When the Lord is pleased with the decisions you've made, he activates grace to turn enemies into friends. So your obedience will activate God's grace and cause your friends, your enemies, to be at peace with you. Matthew 5, 44, Jesus said unto them, but I say unto you, New King James Version, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those that hate you, and pray for those who despitefully use and persecute you. When's the last time you blessed someone that cursed you? When's the last time you've done good for someone, listen to me, that you know hates you? When's the last time you prayed for someone that you know used you in that previous situation? It sure is quiet in here on this, on this Sunday. When's the last time you've done that? So we don't do that naturally, do we? So can we just be honest again? What do you want to do to your enemies? Somebody could stand up right now. Who said that? In the natural, what do we typically want to do with our enemies? Cuss them out. 
What about when we know someone? Now, the key word here is despitefully. So, in other words, Minister Carol, I'm doing this to spite you. I'm getting ready to use you on purpose. Hmm? When's the last time you prayed for that person? Now, what I need you all to understand, this wouldn't be in the Bible if people weren't going to come into our lives and do us this way. Somebody say, this is all a part of my process. Sometimes you have to get used to lose something. And usually, folks, I'm trying to do this as delicately as I can. And usually the only people that can use you are people that are close to you. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? So when this Egyptian revives and he comes back to himself and he starts to spill his guts, David realized this slave is one of the Amalekite raiders. It's one of the guys that burned our camp up and stole all our families. This man agrees to lead David and his men to the raiding party. Right? So now what looked like an interruption is actually God's providence. It's really God's divine means of leading David and his men right into the Amalekites' camp. So if David had not stopped and continued to listen to God all the way through, could you see how he could have blew this up? before he ever recovered. Now, he would have felt good in the moment for getting one back, but he wouldn't have recovered everything. So sometimes, folks, we're so willing to, to win the fight that we lose the war. And sometimes you've got to be willing to use wisdom in the fight so that you can win the war. You've got to have a longer view at life. See, what we want is instant gratification. You slap me, I slap you. Right? Instead of, how would you want me to handle this? See, that we don't even like that. Y'all like, that ain't God. Well, how would you want me to handle this? Folks, I've learned the best revenge is a life well lived. Yeah. You really don't have to defend yourself when the fruit of your life communicates to everybody who you are. Now, I'm going to go past something here. I was going to look at Luke chapter 10, but that clock is just flying back there. Um, and so, in your own leisure, I want you to read Luke chapter 10, 25 through 37 out of the New King James Version. You're going to see another example of sometimes God uses the individual that we least expect. And it's the story of the Good Samaritan. So, a lot of times we get so hurt because we think the priest or the Levite should be the one that helps us. But sometimes God will use an unsaved, cussing, lying smelly heathen 
and that'll be your miracle. But because you think it's supposed to come one way, you'll miss out on all the different ways. God can use the most least expected people to change your situation. When my wife and I were going through our situation, the person that blessed us has never, ever been to this church in a service, ever. Lives in a completely different state. Saw a post on social media and said, what happened to G? And the wheel started turning. Now, would we have ever thought it would have come through that person? Never. Stay open, folks. Somebody say, I'm staying open. You'll notice in that story, the priest and the Levite, they both were too busy to stop and help. But the Samaritan, the one that was without God, is the one that took the time to help. Now, let's close today with letter C. Overtake and recover all. How many of y'all ready to get back everything that you lost? Okay. Don't just think, see, a lot of times we go negative when we think that. How many of Satan wants to steal your joy? He wants to steal your, your friendships. Well, we're talking about here, anything that's been lost, you have authority to recover it all back. Now, by definition, the word overtake means ability. So God wouldn't tell you to go and overtake something and not give you the ability to do it. It means to be able to. It means to, to catch up, and it means to surpass. The word recover means to snatch away. I mean, everything, sometimes your enemy is not just going to say, yes, I'm the one that stole it. Here it is. I mean, sometimes you got to go and snatch back what rightfully belongs to you. So it means to snatch away, to defend, to rescue, to pick up, or to strip. How many of y'all have ever grown up and you kind of had a feeling about who might have stole your stuff? I had a cousin one time. God bless you if you're watching this. Uh, we were about the same size, and, and we know we talked about this. And, and so my favorite pants are missing. There's only one person in the house that can fit these pants. So I'm like, such and such, have you seen my pants? No, I haven't seen them. All right. So on the day he's getting ready to fly back to where he was from, I won't see, I won't give you all that. I go and I look in his suitcase. And so I see my pants. I, I close the suitcase back up. Now, I'm not saved at this time. I'm 13, 14 years old. And I go back and I'm giving him another chance, Johnny. Have you seen my pants? Did you steal my pants? No, I haven't seen them. Well, let's check your suitcase. So then he gets belligerent. We ain't checking nothing. You ain't going in my suitcase, blah, 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 blah. All right. So I'm going to leave the story right there. 
See, in that scenario, I mean, the only way I was going to get those back was to snatch them back. You ever had somebody sitting there with it saying, this is not yours, this is mine. I bought this last night. Right? So, so Johnny, that's your jacket, right? Right? Sometimes I don't want to do it to your jacket, but hold your jacket there for a moment. Hold your jacket there for a moment. How many know if, if, if this was my jacket and Johnny had it, and the last time I wore it, I had a little black hanky in there. Johnny's so bold, he's going to wear the jacket to church. How <laughs> I many you know sometimes they'll be that bold and act that way? How I many know sometimes you just got to not even say nothing. You just know that's your jacket. You just got to walk over there. Give me my jacket, man. <laughs> How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And it's time for some of you all to just march right into the enemy's camp. Come on, somebody, and snatch your joy back. Come on, snatch your kids back. Come on, snatch your life back. Come on, snatch your relationships back. Because sometimes the enemy is going to lie. He's not going to give it back to you. Come on, somebody. You've just got to know what rightfully belongs to you and march into that camp and snatch it right out of his hands. Glory to God. And so in 1 Samuel 30, that's just what David and his men did. In verse 16, it says, And when they had brought him down, there they were, spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing. Now, I want to point something out in the story. How I many of you know this is now the perfect time? Because they don't have on their armor. They don't have their weapons. Come on, they out there. I mean, they ready now, right? Some of y'all used to dance just like that too, didn't you? So now they're out there drinking, dancing. If they're drinking, how I many know they're probably impaired? Because of the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah, then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Somebody say David gave them a 24-hour <laughs> butt-kicking. Come on, come on, somebody. I'm talking about a 24-hour beatdown. And sometimes, folks, when you know your enemy is not giving it back without a fight, you might as well just go ahead and tighten your belt strap up. Come on, somebody, and say, I've got, I'm getting ready to march into this camp, and I'm getting ready to whoop everybody's butt until I get everything back that rightfully belongs to me. Now, we know we don't fight with our fist in the spirit realm. But how many know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal? but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So the spiritual analogy of that is we will pray and act and obey as long as it takes. Come on, somebody. And we will stay in the fight through prayer until we get back everything that rightfully belongs to us. Come on, somebody say, I'm getting everything back. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'm getting everything back. Come on, say it with your chest. Say, I'm getting everything back. 
Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all. You ought to write your name in there. That's right. We don't carry Bibles that we can write in anymore. But highlight that, and you should put your name in there somewhere and say, so Joel recovered all. You all might remember the very first exploratory meeting, if you were there. We stood up, and we confessed, and we declared that we would recover all. I mean, you know, that wasn't without a fight. But we never attacked our enemy. We never put our mouth on our enemy. The attack was us continuing to obey God. Now, not only have we recovered all, we've probably recovered it all about seven times greater. And I'm going to give you some chapter and verse on that before you leave today. See, sometimes you got to make your enemy pay for messing with your kids, for messing with your job. Come on, somebody. For messing with your mother. Come on, somebody. For messing with your body. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you've got to make him pay. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either great or small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that they had taken from them. David recovered all. Then David took all of the flocks and the herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. Now, what I want you all to understand is all of the spoil belonged to David because David was the one that followed God's instructions all the way through. This is the price of leadership. The decisions I make can cost lives or it can save lives. And that's why you need to be responsible when you get a stage and a platform like this. See, when you're a husband, the decisions I make can affect my wife and my children. Right? So this spoil belongs to David. But David is a good leader, so he shares all the spoil with his people. Now, can I share this with you all? My clock is corrected. Matthew eleven twelve. 12. You all want to read this? You sure you want to read this? Matthew eleven twelve says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now. That phrase, from the days of John the Baptist, means from the time that John the Baptist started preaching. And what was John the Baptist's primary message? There's one coming, greater than I. So his primary message was about Christ, right? So from the days of John the Baptist until now, somebody say right now. Right now. 
If you don't understand what I'm getting ready to read to you, you'll never walk in everything God wants you to have. From the time that John started preaching until right now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. You want your healing? Take it. Come on. You want to be debt free? Go get it. Take it. Fight for it. Come on. You want to get married? Take your spouse out of the spirit realm and manifest them into the natural. Nobody just walking up to you. You're my wife. You're my husband. No, there's some battles going on in the spirit realm. Come on, somebody, where you literally snatch that person out of the spirit realm and you manifest that into the natural realm. You want to be debt-free? Then take it. Put every credit card, cut it up. Come on, put every bill. Come on, somebody, put it on your table and don't stop until you are completely debt-free. See, what you want, what we want is somebody to come to us and say, the Lord told me to pay off all your bills. What God is saying, I've given you the power and the authority. Now pay off all your bills. How many of y'all ready to take back what belongs to you? Okay. Before I lead you all in these confessions, can I just share something else with you in this story? Because we can't read all the way down like I would have. But in the later verses here, David gets all of the spoil, and the 400 men that are there on their journey back, they run into the 200. And the 400 say that they shouldn't get nothing because they didn't participate in the battle. Save their wives and their children and then send them off. So the 400, here's the leader. So the 400 said, just give the 200 their wives and their kids back and then send them off. Kick them out. David says, no, both jobs were equally as important. They stayed behind the 200 and watched our stuff while we went to battle. So he divided the spoil evenly between all 600. That's the character of God. Can you, can you all see that? All right. Something else I want to point out here is that David was crowned a king and he was on the run for 13 years before he ever became one. And so part of David's training was learning how to be a deliverer. See, and some of your tightness right now is a part of your training. And so sometimes God will allow you to go through a lot and need to be delivered from a lot because he wants to use you as a deliverer. So if you go back and you really look at the story, when they found out the 600 wanted to kill him. So David obviously had to get them to a place where at least 400 would go fight with him. Right? Right? Now David has to now share in all of the victory with the people that turned on him, right? Stayed behind. Now I got to fight with them. They already tried and said they want to kill me. So, so what I'm helping you all understand, sometimes the leader has to see what God sees, know what God says. And while the people are going through all the stuff they're going through, he still has to bring them along with him. 
So sometimes the reason you need to be delivered from so much is because God is raising you up as a deliverer. See, God, through connect groups and all the other vehicles, wants to now use your life to help deliver other people. Somebody ought to thank God for that. It really is an honor. It's, it's just not an honor. doesn't feel good when we're going through that. Somebody say, I have authority. Do you really believe that? Yes. So whenever the devil, whatever the devil has stolen from you, your time, your relationships, your money, your health, it's time for us to recover all of it. It's time to charge right into the devil's camp and take back what was stolen by faith. Stand to your feet. Here are five declarations you can use the authority of the name of Jesus to confess over your life. We've all lost something. We've all had things stolen from us. Raise your hand if you meet that description. All right? But a lot of us don't know that we can actually do something about it. We just accept it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a verse of Scripture, and then I'm going to lead us in a confession. Okay? If you can stand to your feet, please do so. Exodus number one, Exodus chapter three, verse 21 says, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go down that you shall not go empty handed. Now, if you know the story, the Egyptians had worked for 400 years being underpaid. And in one trip, they're getting ready to get back wages for 400 years. You ready? How many of y'all have been pay underpaid? We all been there. Say the favor of God, favor of God on, my life on my life restores everything, restores everything. The, enemy the enemy has stolen from me. Do you believe that? Yes. Go ahead and give God glory for that first one. Okay. Number two is Proverbs 6.31 says, but if the thief is caught, no, 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 I'm reading the verse. I love it, though. You all are ready to go. But if he's caught, the thief, he has to pay back what he stole sevenfold. That's where you make him pay. He has to restore sevenfold. His punishment and fine will cost him greatly. Now, one time, very quickly, someone stole over six figures from us. Over six figures. Close, right? Intimate. We know you. We trust you. You all know them, too. Famous people, successful people. Trust them. Stole over six figures from us. We decided to stand on this verse. We knew who did it, so he was found. He's actually in jail now, right? But how many know him being in jail is not giving us our money back? So we decided to flip it and sow it as seed. So we changed the narrative and said they didn't steal it from us. We sold it. 
and we believe God for a sevenfold return on what we sold. How many times have we gotten that back? Way more than seven times. I would say three times within the same year. Two years. Same two years, three times greater. Somebody better confess this one with their chest. Say, I have found the thief. And he must restore to me seven times greater than what he stole. Do you believe that today? I said, do you believe that today? Well, come on and give God glory. Come on, like it's coming back seven times greater. Number three, I'm going to read the verse and then lead you in a confession. No weapon formed against me. No. No, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is all in your notes. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. You ready? Amen. Say, no weapon, no weapon formed against me, my finances, my health, my family, or my career will ever prosper. Every tongue that rises against me will be shown to be in the wrong. This is my heritage as a child of God, and my righteousness comes from him. Do you believe that today? Come on, give God glory, honor, and praise for it then. Number four. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Put your hand over your heart and say this with me. Say, God is causing, God is causing my, situation my situation to work out, to work out for, my good. for my good right now. Right now. My, faith my faith and my trust, my trust. in him is opening the door for a total and complete restoration of everything that has been lost. Do you all believe that today? Come on, give God a real good victory praise. Last one for today, Romans 8:37 says, Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors in his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Last one, say it with all of your strength, all of your might, all of your ability. Say, I am more than a conqueror. I am not only recovering everything that has been stolen, but I am going to a new level. Beyond what, I lost. Beyond what I lost, in Jesus' name. Jesus. Come on, go ahead and give God glory and honor and praise for it. Come on, let's thank God. We're getting it all back. Come on, it's coming back seven times greater. He's going to give us a decisive victory. We are more than conquerors. Everything is working out to our good because we love God and we are called according to his purpose. 
Come on, somebody say, God is not done with me yet. Come on, type that in online. Type it in. God is not done with me yet. I believe, folks, our best days are still out in front of us. So now, I've given you five confessions and declarations you can make a part of your daily confession life. And as you speak these declarations over your life, just let their truth permeate your spirit. Resolve to only speak victory over your situation from this day forward. Then listen for the direction of the Holy Spirit. He will lead and guide you to the place where you can reclaim everything that's ever been stolen. Because God is a God of divine restoration. And you know it's divine because God is the only one that could have done it for you the way he's doing it. Somebody ought to get excited about what's coming. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God, we are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, watch past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 833 833- 988-2009. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.